You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. And here we are, yet again, suffering through the bipolar weather of Georgia, which it's sunny outside and 40 freaking degrees. <laughs> I mean, it's not terrible today. I mean... It looks really nice until you go outside in shorts and you're like, fuck, it's cold. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's a blue jean weather, not a short weather. <laughs> I'm half and half and I'm hoodie on the top, shorts on the bottom. I'm just hey, kinda... there, there's nothing wrong with the 90s, man. Find, find balance in the force. Uh, you're grunge, it's okay. <laughs> So, what are we smoking this week, Brad? Ah, uh, this week, um, we got takeout. <laughs> sorta. We've got the Punch Kung Pao. Not to be confused with Kung Pao Chicken. <laughs> Which, now I'm kind of hungry and I want some Kung Pao Chicken. Yeah. yeah this is the third installment of the Punch Chinese New Year cigars they release every year. Uh, or at least for the last three years. Starting with the Egg Roll, the Chop Suey, and now... The Kung Pao. Yes, and um, this, I think, has a little bit more strength to it than the uh, the Kung Pao did. Or, I'm sorry, the Egg Roll. This is the Kung Pao. The thing I liked about the Egg Roll, though, it was like, it was a nice short smoke if you only had, like, a little while. Because it was, yes. like, maybe a little three-inch bastard, but it was, like, cheap as fuck. It was, like, maybe, like, a $4 cigar. But it was a good quick smoke. But, I mean, it was a surprisingly good quick smoke. Um, yeah. Where this is, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say probably about an hour smoke. Um, I mean, if you are just a barbarian and never put the thing down, then probably, <laughs> you know, a 30-minute smoke. But uh, Yeah, it's a 6x52, so it's a little bit bigger than the, uh, the previous editions with Connecticut Broadleaf Wrapper, Honduran... Habano binder and filler tobaccos from Brazil, Honduras, Dominican Republic, and Mexico. Yeah, and it does that, you know, kind of exposed foot thing. Um, I don't know. I I almost wonder if, in some way, I understand that it adds a unique characteristic that you know people like us would pick out on. I wonder if it idiot proofs the cigar lighting experience. <laughs> Makes it a little bit... Uh, yeah, I mean, you got a gauge to go by. Yeah, it's like, all right, got a good even burn. <laughs> <laughs> it, that, it's almost like having, you know, a little bit of tinder at the end of your cigar, you know? <laughs> that not... The marketing on these, every year they've come up with some... Like, last year... Uh, first year they came in little cardboard Chinese takeout Dude, boxes. I love that, with the little chopsticks and everything. Uh, yeah, and last year it was like... The, the cigar was like a much skinnier cigar and came like a in a box with with a pair of chopsticks and this one comes in like one of those kind of like metal like tin takeout like the big takeout boxes yeah i mean it's uh <laughs> it comes it, in a platter <laughs> it's almost like a baking dish you know yeah. like one of the aluminum foils like you know it's like when you're making thanksgiving for yourself you don't need the full-size baking pan <laughs> you just need the, the little miniature because you're 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 all by your lonesome <laughs> and yeah, like previous editions uh you know, to kind of go with the Chinese New Year theme, each uh, cigar band is a fortune cookie, pretty much. Like, once you 
you know, finish smoking. Don't throw away your, uh, your, your band. There's some kind of special message on the inside and yeah, Brad's already trying to reveal his, I was going to wait and pull mine out whenever I <laughs> got to the end. <laughs> yeah. The, the, so these bands typically are on here really good. So you definitely, uh, want to wait, um, until the glue has had a chance to kind of warm up and, uh, <laughs> You know, otherwise yeah, know. you're going to destroy it. Hey, um, it's like a fortune cookie. You eat it at the end of the meal. <laughs> it gives you something to like, yeah, wrap up your experience. that. I eat my fortune cookie damn well when I want to because I'm a grown ass adult. <laughs> eat it as an appetizer. He's like, no, no, I want to. I know. I want to know if I'm going to have a bad fortune before I eat this. Like, if, if, if you get says, a fortune that says a chicken wing, don't eat this food. Um, <laughs> you know, hey, that's your own fault, okay? Or it's like uh, whatever. Uh, Jigsaw, look, you have been poisoned, and now you must find that. Nah, motherfucker, I didn't eat this shit yet, so ha-ha. <laughs> I skipped to the end. Caught your plan. I'm going to go for pizza now. <laughs> and and the beauty, too, is these are designed to be year of the ox, and I am an ox. Ah. Ah. <laughs> and with uh, this week, we're going to be talking about a sequel to a really old movie <laughs> and it's like did we really need a sequel i didn't think we did but it wasn't terrible yeah so we're gonna be talking about coming to america the number two not to like the first movie which makes it you know when you're trying to google it kind of confusing because they're both called welcome to america <laughs> yes <laughs> instead of a welcome to america too it's welcome the number two america <laughs> oh and if you're going to fight some, uh, try to cut the whiskers off a lion, you should probably call in the Strike Force, strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code Cigar Nerds for 20% off your order. Save a little buck on your caffeine needs. And with that, we're going to go to Zamunda. Zamunda forever! Prepare the royal jet. We are going back to America. Hereby crown you, Prince of Zamunda. kind of how they, they wake the prince up you know the ding <laughs> well i don't have a triangle but i got this cool spring that makes an awesome reverb noise <laughs> like that's almost a sound of nightmares though i don't know if you yeah, really want to be uh, uh <laughs> a wake up that would be um i i actually you know what that almost reminds me um when i was really big into like the binumeral beats and you know trying to get myself to sleep and my brain wouldn't turn off uh kind of reminds me of some of those frequencies and stuff like 
Oh, I've just been doing the CBD, but it gives me weird ass dreams. <laughs> yeah, that's cause it's straight mushrooms. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, this is uh, uh I, I bought the wrong thing. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Why is the walls melting? <laughs> yeah, so we're. They said to uh, you know drop it on the tongue. I, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so we've come across a see, uh, you know. The land of sequels, uh, of things that, like, we get a sequel, like, th- nearly 30 years later. And I think it's important to preface, because we talked about, you know, the original Coming to America film. And it was like, would those jokes and, you know, everything else stand up to today's, you know, climate? And... I gotta say not, and I think Eddie Murphy realized that and really toned it down for this one. Yeah, I mean, Eddie used to be the, and we're gonna talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of of 2021's coming to America, and yeah, this was supposed to come out last year, but everything shut down because of the COVID, and they end up selling the distribution rights to Amazon, so I don't know if this was kind of the original plan for the movie all along, or if Amazon decided to tone things down a bit, but the original John Landis version uh, from 88 was an R-rated comedy, and Eddie Murphy used to be the king of the R-rated comedies, and this one's like PG-13. <laughs> so it's... But then again, like I said, Eddie's kind of... He's an old man. He's a, he's a freaking dad now, and like so... He, he keeps making these, like, family-friendly films for at least the last well, couple I mean, of years. When he was, like, the king of the, the edgy raunchy, comedy. Yeah, yeah. you know. Um, I mean, his special was really, literally called Raw back in the day. And now it's like, dude, this is kind of, like, it was funny. I'll, like I said, I'll give it that. It was funny. It was hilarious. It was worth watching. But... Afterward, it made me want to go back and watch the original, and like I'm like, man, the original is so much, you know, harder. I mean, the language, and you know, hell, there's nudity, and like I said, it's an '80s adult comedy where now everything's made to be family friendly. Like I don't know, I don't like I, said, I don't remember the last like adult comedy we've had. Probably the uh, the Hangover movies, but that's that's been about it, and that's been several years ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, going back and rewatching them back to back, were you, you know, did it change your opinion versus, you know, not really having the first film that fresh in your memory? Because I watched this when it came out Friday, and then I re- then I watched the original last night, and then rewatched this one. And I think on the second viewing, I may have, like, forgot some of the nostalgic references uh to the original so i'm like it it, having it fresh might help a little or it might hurt a little because like i said after i you know watching this and and then going back and watching the original and be like oh the original was r-rated like i didn't i didn't remember it or because it's been so long since the original has you know released people are going to be like oh, this was an enjoyable film, and they go back and watch the original, and like, holy crap! <laughs> and then again, this one's so much more about family, 
where the first one was about, you know, him trying to find his future wife where this one, he's got three daughters and stuff like that. So I can kind of, understand I mean, he's, the toning a, he's a it married down. man, you know, you know, toning it down a little, uh, since there's, you know, he's got, you know, younger co-stars in this one, but yeah, you can, I mean, you can watch what's going to be funny is people that watch this with their family and not remember the original and go, man, let's go watch the original again. And like, no, there's titties yeah, on the that's, screen that's five minutes in and be like, oh, kids, cover your eyes. <laughs> I forgot the first one was <laughs> was like this. So. I mean, they even bring back the famous, uh, that's, that's it. watching it the second time around when I'm realizing it's PG-13 and they get the part where, you know, it's like, the, instead of the, the royal, it's the royal genitals are clean. Instead of the royal penis is clean. I'm like, come on, y'all can at least say vagina or something. I mean, geez, you can't even like, you know, you know. Well, I mean, Make just before royal... that, I mean, you did have, uh, you know, the, the guy pop up from under the hot tub, you know, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I got to say this movie wasn't what I expected it to be when they first announced this, because everything seems to be a gender swap of the original. Like, so I expected, you know, as soon as they're like, oh, he's got three daughters, I'm like, yep, yeah, his oldest daughter's not going to go married and it's going to be all about her coming to America to find a husband. Yeah. But they didn't do that. <laughs> they actually made a sequel to the original film and, you know, I, and you know, I think they just did a little bit of a, you know, I mean, there are definitely, you know, undertones throughout the film, you know, like, uh, women can't have their businesses and stuff like that. And it's like, well, why can't they? You know, you're the king now. And it's like, well, it, it's just tradition. Well, just because it's tradition, does that make it right? Like, Yeah, it's like Eddie has become his father, pretty much. Like, a king, you know, Prince King Akeem is like, you know, King Jaffa. You know, he's like, you know, not as progressive as he was when he was a prince. And, you know, he's kind of fallen into that. Oh, I must now that I am king. I must you be know, pay as homage the king to my ancestors and, and, and and follow the the path. Which I rewatching the first one. I remember that like when uh you know the mother was given uh you know King Jaffe uh, played by the legendary James Earl Jones, and he's like she's like well if he wants to marry the girl he should. But yeah, that's you know that's you know hundreds of years of tradition. Who am I to change it? She's like oh I thought you were the king. <laughs> I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> and then, you know, I don't know. I mean, y you know, guys that have been in relationships know what it's like to be in the doghouse. And, uh, you know, sometimes being king just isn't enough. <laughs> I mean, good good trying on you, buddy. I understand you're on a long trip and, uh, you know. Yeah, his wife's he's like, uh, baby, I was just on a long trip. It's very stressful. If you were in the mood, and it's like, just looks at him. He's like, all, all right, you know, sorry for us. This, this is like, bullshit. This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty much the only cuss word in the entire movie. I mean, he even says like, I'm the MF and King. I'm like, come on, dude. I think <laughs> fucking Eddie Murphy, man. Say fuck. <laughs> you get one fuck in an R rated movie. That should have been it. <laughs> you mean PG 13. Oh, yeah. That's what I mean. PG 13. You're allowed one fuck. Is, is that the rule? Yes. If you have more than one fuck, it's an R rating, but you can slip one fuck into a PG-13 and still get the PG-13 rating. Uh, I, I I don't know. Certain things just are interesting to me. Like, the number one song 
was somehow WAP, but we're going to get bit out of shape if somebody uses the word fuck. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Dr. Seuss is in Mr. Potato Head's Offensive, but the number one song is WAP. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just confused. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, actually, I'm not, because I don't even try to understand. I'm just like, what? Whatever. <laughs> so, yes, we get... And uh, such is life. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're jumping back in on Prince Akeem 30 years later, still married to Lisa McDowell, and and has three daughters, but unfortunately, the, the rules in uh, Zamunda is there must be a male heir... And he gets a visit from Wesley Snipes playing General Izzy, who is the brother of the girl he left at the altar in the first movie. There must be a wedding. <laughs> I yeah. I gotta say, man, like, they got some very interesting guerrilla tactics. Like... They they very much were you know gorillas <laughs> like I mean you got your straight up dance routines you got you know it's like I'm pretty sure you got AKs and whatnot that's probably a much more effective method than you know the chore choreography <laughs> yeah yeah they roll up and they're threatening the prince you know trying to get him to marry off his daughter like, to at, his at, at any point I'm just like in Zamunda tradition I challenge you to dance off. <laughs> Dance off, bro. <laughs> like, oh, but and I, that legit, I think, could have worked in this film. <laughs> but I like his little hype man that comes up and he's like presenting uh, the 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 fighter of lions and the uh, inspiration for Mufasa <laughs> and the most well endowed man in Africa, <laughs> General Izzy. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. And he's like, yeah, yeah, and his son's kind of a fucking weirdo, and he's like, yeah, that's that's never gonna happen. <laughs> he's like, well, hey, I've got a daughter too. Maybe, you should... oh, that's right, you don't have a son, do you? <laughs> I mean, it's progressive. Could we not have two daughters? Yeah, yeah, double queen, princess, queen inception. Whoa. Hmm. Feel like that could be a film. <laughs> Like I say, his his daughters are little badasses. We get that training montage of him like bow fighting with his daughter, kind of like him and Arsenio bow fighting in the original. And hell, he's taking on three, all three of them for a minute before they finally <laughs> overpower him. I was like, yeah, man, he's got some moves. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean he he held his own. <laughs> but I mean, you know, props to uh to the girls too, because uh, you know, I mean. Dude, and in their own rights, they were very much badasses. Yeah, uh, especially later on the, in the movie, and we'll get to it when they actually get their own little little fight scene. And but yeah, and the, that's at the point when we are reintroduced to Arsenio Hall. Which props to Eddie's looks a little older. Fucking Arsenio Hall is not aged. That man is immortal. <laughs> yeah, Cindy looks exactly the same. Which is kind of creepy. Oh, yeah, because Eddie looks like... Yeah, but he looks like a man in his 50s or however old Eddie Murphy is now, but Arsenio looks <laughs> exactly the same. I don't know. I loved all the different Game of Thrones references, too. 
Uh, but apparent, apparently that, uh, which I didn't realize it until I was watching the credits, that this whole thing was filmed here in Georgia, even though it's supposed to be New York and Africa. So the giant ass palace, all the interiors were shot in uh, Rick Ross's house here in here in Georgia, <laughs> which apparently that is the largest house private residence in Georgia with the largest swimming pool in the country. Interesting. Yeah. Sees <laughs> the balls. And all and all you Dragon Con fans, when they go to Madison Square Garden later, that's actually the plaza at Peachtree Center. <laughs> so anyone who's uh tried to get on the uh Marta train at Dragon Con, you like you know exactly where that uh where that is and where that ATM is. <laughs> Yay for little Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it showed like the reverse angle where it's like across the street. I'm like, oh shit, there's the the freaking uh, ATM we always go to. <laughs> I see the BB&T sign across the street. Why I know do exactly we never get cash that. beforehand? Because we know all the ATMs run out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, makes me want to go get an old number seven. Man. <laughs> Moment of silence. <laughs> yeah, it's been a year. No track. <laughs> Stop playing with your damn microphone. <laughs> it 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 was a somber tone. <laughs> oh, so yeah, you know these movies are always uh, a combination of how many characters can Eddie and Arsenio play just like the original, but we got a new character this time. The, uh, the weird shaman lady who was funny as shit. <laughs> the makeup on our Arsenio is like insane. I mean, yes. <laughs> oh, and I like when he comes to summon, uh, Akeem and he's like, yeah, right after he like loses the fight and he's like, ah, Prince Akeem in his natural habitat, uh, groveling at the feet of the women in his life. <laughs> I mean, they say it like it's a bad thing. I mean, I, I think the worst thing would be to have no women in your life. Yep. That's probably why Simi hasn't aged. He hasn't. He doesn't have that stress. <laughs> uh, married and three daughters. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to put some age on you. How you feeling, Joe? Oh, like there's gray in my beard now. <laughs> I'm sure. I had to die mine. <laughs> yeah, Ahmed. <laughs> well, I, you know, I've been trying to cut out all the sugar and calories from, you know, soft drinks and that sort of thing. And uh, I really like the taste of the fruit punch. But, you know, when you have blonde in your beard, it, it you know, just like in middle school, it's like, ah, put some Kool-Aid in your hair. <laughs> oh, it does the same thing to your mustache. <laughs> Yeah, a freaking cr clown red mustache. Yeah, you should probably get some straws. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Could save you some hassle. <laughs> nah, then it's going to poke me in the gums and everything else. Like, uh, that, or I'll have a straw, forget about the said straw, and still try to tilt my cup, and then, you know. Stab yourself in the eyeball. Well, I mean, I'm more worried about crap. Now I've got liquid beverage everywhere. Oh. <laughs> uh. But yeah, we find that James Earl Jones, the king, is on his last leg. <laughs> he's like, "How is my father?" Well, he's threatened to have me executed three times today. Hi, oh, he must be feeling better. <laughs> he's doing quite well. Oh, 
and the uh you know we even get uh what's uh Mr. McDowell, you know, now that uh uh you know dude, and their ice cream machine actually works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they, he's opened the first Zumunda and uh uh whatever McDowells. And they even got like all the uh the crew uh from the original movie. Yeah, got promoted and I guess are working at the uh Samunda McDowell's and making fun of the freaking Beyond burgers. He's like, Yeah, it's made with grass. And like, ooh, this does not taste well. <laughs> yeah, I don't I've never tried any of the Beyond stuff to know if it's good or not. Yeah, I'm like I'm, I'm my, not. My my problem trying. is is if I go into it expecting a hamburger, I'm gonna be disappointed, so I have to kind of be like not a hamburger. Hey, this isn't bad. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm like, it's probably full of no telling what kind of chemicals to make it taste and look like meat. <laughs> I will say, though, turkey burgers with some hot pepper jelly on the top, a little bit of lettuce, it's really, really on point. <laughs> but see, that's not like... Yeah. It's still meat. <laughs> that's why it's good. <laughs> it's a different kind of meat, but it's still meat. It's not like, you know, yard trimmings or whatever that shit's made out of. I went to the kudzu patch and made a patty of this. We're going to have some poke salad burgers, y'all. You ready? <laughs> kudzu patties. <laughs> oh. I got to tell you, James Earl, uh, King Jaffe, James Earl Jones, like, <laughs> uh, the shit they're giving uh, Arsenio, him and the him and the old uh, the old witch doctor lady is like, he goes, why could it be you, Simi? Yes, you should kill him. He is very worthless. <laughs> <laughs> when Eddie gets pissed off and starts kicking the shit out of him, he's like, they're like yes, yes, go ahead, kill him. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> but yeah, we find out that, uh, you know, that he had an illegitimate or bastard son, as they keep saying, when he was on his first trip to Calm America. Down there, Jon Snow. Oh, <laughs> uh, but I did like, you know, the effects of it when they go back to the scenes from coming to America one. And then they have that, the scene where Eddie's basically getting drugged and raped <laughs> by his, you know, uh, Leslie Jones. There was a wild boar, <laughs> a wildebeest. But they did that whole like Marvel digital de-aging thing where they looked exactly like they did in the original movie. I mean, they even had Is the that house not just with creepy the, though. <laughs> a little bit. I mean, they even had the house with the, the chalk outline of the guy and the dog on the floor from the, from the first apartment. But yeah, it was like, you know, the, the scenes of them partying, it just fits seamless, seamlessly with the footage from the first movie. I'm like, Oh shit. This like the level of technology we've got at this point, we don't even need actors. I can just put whoever and whatever. That was an interesting thing. I got on a uh, discussion the other day about, you know, nowadays as far as actors and everything else like so much is already done for them like the day of truly acting you know it's kind of over you yeah, know i mean, I mean you still kind of have to show emotion and voice inflection and stuff but i mean to you know literally have to do everything off the cuff with no digital enhancements or anything else like I don't know. It, it was just kind of interesting to go back and think about. 
you know, sort of the same thing with music, right? Instead of relying on electronics to do effects and stuff, like, people legit, you know, had to pull on springs and other stuff to create sound effects. Much like we're doing right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just like, I mean, hell, it's like, you're like, oh, well, I like the way they did that scene, but they could have had a little more, like, facial experience. Let me just go with the computer and, you know deep fake it to like make them do whatever. I mean, hell pretty much all acting is voice acting acting at this point, because they can just do damn near anything with computers. Yeah. I mean the, I I don't know. Like I've always, I've always thought that the stunt and the FX people never quite get enough recognition, you know, because they're the ones that truly, you know, make things look believable. But now you want a car crash. Okay. We'll just CGI that shit. (laughs) Last thing is too that's great about this is the all the characters that Eddie and Arsenio play. That's still like a makeup effect, and they look just as good as the original. I mean, the original movie was done by Rick Baker uh, effects. I'm I'm not sure who did the effects on this one, but yeah, the makeup looks ex- almost exactly the same. But then they aged everybody up too. So like Arsenio's like dirty preacher guy is like an older version of that original makeup, and yes. it looks like flawless like oh yeah this is what this guy would look like 30 years later i'm the only thing that wanted to be married by rick james (laughs) yeah rick james bitch (laughs) sexual chocolate (laughs) ricky uh was it ricky williams or whatever was his his fake name (laughs) the number one band in the world (laughs) uh yeah so uh we find out he had a... I will say, though, that the musical scores and the choreography were freaking awesome. Yes, before before we even get to them actually coming to America <laughs> to find uh, his uh, Lavelle, his uh, you know son he knew nothing about. His bastard son. <laughs> From here on out, it's just going to be the bastard son, okay? <laughs> like... yeah, you're introducing to his, his sisters... Princess so and so, this is your bastard brother from America. Princess, so this is your bastard brother. <laughs> it's like, yo, dude, I think they get the point. I'm a bastard. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, King Jaffe is like, my funeral should be epic. Let's do it now while I'm still alive to enjoy it. And like, man, that is like the like nostalgic. He had not only did he have, uh. A uh, freaking Morgan Freeman narrating his uh, his kind of funeral procession. I mean, and that, you got the two but greatest I mean, it, voices, voiceover guys in Hollywood, James Earl Jones and Morgan Freeman in the same movie. <laughs> but I mean, how great is it to be like, um, you know what? I'm dying soon. Let's go ahead and do this funeral shit right now while I'm alive to see it. <laughs> and then he has in uh, whatever. Uh, what's the? He had in Vogue and Salt and Pepper. And then a performance by uh, was it Diana Ross or <laughs> I forgot who the the third like big uh, musician was that performed at uh, the King's funeral. Dude, they were all big f- performers. Okay, like what a king, what a king, what a mighty good king. <laughs> it's like legit Salt and Pepper and in Vogue. I'm like hell yes. <laughs> it's like shit. This is back when rap music was awesome. <laughs> uh, and the fact they brought back so many of like just the minor characters from the first one. I mean, you get the, uh, the two rapper girls peaches, uh, from, uh, like when they were at the, 
nightclub trying to meet women. <laughs> they even make a uh, a return. <laughs> and he's like, even his like little little elephant that walked by, and he's like, hello, Babar. Like later on, you get to like a big ass elephant. And he's like, oh, this is Babar. This is my my friend. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's make way. He will step yeah. on you. <laughs> uh, it's like we even got uh, <laughs> original elephants making. Cameos. I mean. Probably not the original elephant, but it was still kind of yeah. Cool bring the character. I, I, I back. mean, there was so much about the film that just felt familiar, and I mean, I love the fact too that you know it self-identifies and is. Man, I really hate when they make a movie that doesn't need to be remade, <laughs> and it you know it's like. I mean, we we talked about this in its infancy, and we were like, man, like, the first was so good, like, but I think they took it in enough of a different direction, they broadened their horizons, brought it to modern times, and, you know, despite the mixed reviews, I still found it funny and really enjoyable. Yeah, like, my original concern was they were just going to do a gender-swapped retread of the original, but it was kind it was, you know, other than them briefly coming to America to find Lavelle. It's a more a story of him, you know, instead of a prince learning how to be a, a regular dude in America, it was taking a regular American dude and teaching him to be well, kingly. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> just as much of for a movie called coming to America, they've spent very little time in America. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, as, as much as the film, you know, was we need to, you know, prep the prince to one day be a king, it was we need the king to learn how to, you know, actually be the king that he wanted, not just yeah. a, you know, basically a, a reincarnation of, you know, his father and the ancestors. Yeah, because that was, you know, his whole thing was, you know, things are going to be different now. So, I mean, you, you got two very much coming-of-age stories. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Prince really Akeem has to learn how to be King Akeem. And... You know, also, you know, the the princess, the queen, you know, she, uh, you know, had a nice little arc in there. And, I don't know, even the royal barber. <laughs> and then, like you say, being self-referential, I like that when he's having conversations with the with the royal hairdresser and he, she's like, he's like, well, what do you like? You know, movies she's like, Oh, like, you know, Zumunda cinema's crap. Like I love American films. She's like, they're the best. She's like, that's blasphemy. All we got is superhero movies, remakes and sequels to movies that like, you know, no one wanted a sequel to. <laughs> he's like, yeah, if something's good, like we should just leave it alone. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I was waiting for somebody to just like wink at camera. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like you just see a, a wink, you know, and it fades into the next scene. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was not a re. It had enough nostalgia and references to the original without being just a, a yeah. Retread I mean, it felt familiar, already... but you know the different storylines and the arcs, and you know, just I mean, all around a good wholesome film, in my opinion. And we got you know a lot of newcomers. We have you know the the new prince, and then we also. You know, like so, we mentioned the the daughters being badass, but we also got a couple like big comedians. Uh, we got uh, his uh, whatever um, oh, shit. What's his name? The the guy who played the uncle, uh, Tracy Morgan plays his his uncle, and also Leslie Jones from Saturday Night Live plays his mother. Who 
I'm not a huge Leslie Jones fan. I mean, she, like, I'm like, just cause you're loud. Don't mean you're funny. But in this, she was, I guess, more balanced than things I've seen her well, in before. I think there was enough dynamic, you know, because you had a very well-grounded, you know, queen. Uh, but, you know, like, there was that time where she's like, you know, <laughs> like, like every time she'd say, uppity bitch say what? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> You know, like, I mean, I, I, I think it was, you know, you guys are, you know, so wrapped up in, you know, the kingdom that you forget how to live just, you know, an everyday life and have fun, you know, and yeah. I think she kind of brought that fun element and kind of got everybody out of their, you know, comfort zones and, you know, somewhat brought a sense of realism and you know yeah when we get to the i guess engagement party portion of it yeah by that time they've all kind of become friends like you know the queen and mary uh out uh, doing shots and uh <laughs> and singing the humpty dance it's like they're like uh, you know, they started saying like, wait a minute is that and they're like the Humpty Dance. I was like, fuck yes, the Humpty Dance. This is back when, like, hip-hop was good. <laughs> it's like, the fucking... But yeah, and then even uh, uh, Uncle Rima and uh, Simi, who were kind of like, you know, used to being the, the the sidekick mentor, their arguments... I love that when they're on the Zamunda News Network, and they're in, like, a split-screen arguing, and then you finally realize they're in the same room. They just, like, actually turn look and, like, freaking start fighting each other. <laughs> Don't worry, don't worry. It was it was pre-pandemic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, they're on like a split like screen on the either side of the host. And like he's like, "Who is this? You know, secret uh, source you have?" And then he pops up, and then they keep arguing. It's like they were literally sitting by, by each other, starts beating the hell out of each other. And even they become friends and start to start drinking and whatnot. You know, it's like yeah, everybody kind of has that moment of like, all right. It's funny what alcohol can do. <laughs> it can make the you know. Best of friends or the worst of enemies of friends. Ooh, ashing on myself. Oh boy. I failed the long ash contest. <laughs> and I like him having to go through uh, uh quick, you must now go and uh retrieve some uh whiskers from a resting lion. <laughs> yeah. To redeem yourself. It's just a big house cat. <laughs> Although I gotta I gotta hand it to him. Like you know, I, I you know, that part where it's like, you know, these tests are just as much, you know, about your mental capacity more so than just physically carrying out a task, you know? So I, I, I liked, you know, when they, you know, the wannabe, you know, princess versus, uh, you know, the, the bastard son, <laughs> you know, finally, you know, have their words and duke it out and it's like, Oh shit! All right, so we can have a little bit of mutual respect for each other, and you know, at that point, things really, you know, kind of got interesting. Yeah, because originally they just all kind of think he's an idiot, and they're offended that he's kind of coming in and going to be king. But then he gets that kind of where he gets to bond with each of his new sisters. Like the the younger ones are tasked with teaching him, you know, Zamunda history, and you know, and she's like flashcarding. He's like. Uh, is that Jabba Jaffe? No, Jabba the Hut Jaffe. No, James Brown Jaffe. <laughs> Jabba Walkie Jaffe. <laughs> yeah. Jumba Jack Flash Jaffe. <laughs> but by the end of it, he's like he knows all the things, and they're like, "Oh, you, you, 
you're not as dumb as you look. You have, you know, you know, you're smarter. And then, like I said, when he finally the kind of bonds with the the older uh, daughter, decides to give him a chance, and they come up with a plan on how he can get the the cat whiskers, and you know, they finally kind of become a. Become Although it was a kind of interesting, like I thought they would go a catnip route. I didn't think they were just going to straight up pull out a can of uh, Fiskers and uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whatever dangerous house cat Friskies or whatever Friskies. the hell. <laughs> Friskers. <laughs> oh, and uh, it's not just a food for cats. Yeah, when they introduce uh, Izzy's daughter to try to <laughs> seduce the new prince and come in, and start doing a hell of a dance to uh, some prince songs. I'm like, oh shit! Like it's like. Oh, old school shit in here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he tries to lay his uh, karaoke uh, karaoke down, and and it's surprising a lot of music in this movie. Than, yeah, <laughs> than I mean, original. and it was all good music for the most part. I don't, I don't know about the uh, the Ron Watson bit, but yeah, you, know. <laughs> uh, you knew it was coming though. Well, it was intentionally bad. I mean, it was <laughs> bad in the first one. <laughs> Oh. I, I just like the fact, you know, that the guys from the barber shop are sitting there like, ah, oh, fuck, and, you know, you got the one guy really, I love this shit. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the the three barbers and, like, the, the little Jewish man from the barber shop, because I like it when they come back to New York, and it's like the first, from the first movie that when they get off, get out of the car, and it's like, you know, there's homeless guys keep more around a barrel, and, like, the, bro- you know, the Queens is like, kind of a shitty neighborhood, but you know, New York has kind of cleaned a lot of stuff up and they get out there and there's like hipsters on uh freaking scooters running by. And they're like, a lot of things have changed since we've been here. And then they see the, the old barbershop. He's like, but some things are still the same. <laughs> and sure enough, they're still arguing about boxing. It's been 30 years. The only thing has changed is the name of the boxers. Now they're arguing about Conor McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'd love to go to a place like that and just sit. <laughs> Dude, I bet I could get a sweet head wax. <laughs> get your microfiber cloth and just polish yeah, it like a bowling ball. Sicka, sicka, sicka. <laughs> I thought I was going to get that yesterday, but, um, you know. We just we just focused on the facials. <laughs> so you got to go to my guy. They actually give you like a shoulder massage after you're in a hot towel. After oh, dude, done. they they did like the facial massage with the hot towels and everything. Nice. And, you know, like. You haven't tried that one. I have to try, try that one. Yeah, because I was end up going all the Definitely day. don't remember the, the person's name, but, um, you know, <laughs> very flamboyant, but super nice. The place I go, I think they're all Russian mafia. Yeah. <laughs> well, this guy was definitely like, he's like. So, I've really got some questions for my mom, because I did a 23andMe, you know, ancestral thing. It's like, I have a lot of Middle Eastern in me. He's (laughs) like, you look like you have Middle Eastern in you, too. I'm like... (laughs) You had that black beard and a shaved head. (laughs) It was supposed to be dark brown, but I think I left the dye in a little long. (laughs) Oh... And I can't help the shaved head, okay? <laughs> Otherwise, it's, you know, patches. I can't even do a sweet comb over, because I got nothing to comb over. Just because your beard was just, like, so bushy. At the time. I mean, a bl- giant black beard. I mean, you kind of look like, you know, you might have been Rick Ross's cousin. <laughs> I, I might have been. <laughs> hey, bud. You know? I just got to get some more curls in it, you know, for... <laughs> 
Oh, dude, get the like pirate braids in your beard with like little skulls and shit. <laughs> R. <laughs> I got something in my eye. That's the only reason I got a patch. Yeah. But then I gotta get a parrot, and parrots are messy and squawk a lot. Yeah, but I, I like the uh, the barber girl when she's like, you know, when he's like, I can't do all these things they're trying to get me to do to be the the prince. She's like, well, you shouldn't try to be king. Uh, Akeem, like you should be as Prince Akeem, and she explains like how how uh, his father used to be when he was when it was when he was the one having to go through all of this, and, uh, and you know you got to do it your way, be the prince from Queens. So he brings his his uncle in as a, his advisor and kind of does everything. Like, that his really way. kicks shit off, like yeah. when you know, like they're like first you must learn to walk like a prince, chest out, tighten your butt. <laughs> And then, you know, he comes back with a fucking pimp cane, you know, and it's like, oh, I like it. It's got flow. <laughs> That's that first scene where he gets his haircut and gets his, like, little prince braid. He looks a lot like uh, Michael B. Jordan from uh, from Black Panther when he shows up all all pimped out. <laughs> I, was, I was like, damn, this could be like a, a young Michael B. Jordan here. <laughs> you know, we always assume Zamunda is, like, next door to Wakanda. That's... Or next Doria as the uh, fictional uh, kind of dictatorship next door that wants to take them over. Yeah, that would have been a cool t- tie-in, though. <laughs> See, fucking Black Panther just you know strolling through the kingdom or something. Like, I know that guy. <laughs> and and when- suddenly, coming to America is now a Marvel film. <laughs> oh yeah, and I like how he thinks getting the. Uh, the lion whiskers are, is the true test of courage. But then <laughs> they're like, no, it's, it's, we, we have ri- the last test is ritual circumcision. <laughs> and I love the little joke. Like, uh, the, the, Oh, it's the... okay, honey. Just, just let them take a little off the top. <laughs> <laughs> they're about to sharpen your tool, nephew. <laughs> but the, the, the witch, the witch lady is like, pulls out this whole like string of these leathers. Like, Oh, these are the, Foreskins of your forefathers. This is your great grandfather. This is your grandfather, and this is your father's. And like Eddie's one is like huge, <laughs> and even the queen was like, "Oh," I was like, "That's funny." As shit. And then it turns out it's a fake. They just end up cutting a potato, and like, <laughs> it's like, no, that was the test of courage. You had to risk your uh, <laughs> your, your most your sacred possession. <laughs> and then he faints. <laughs> but yeah, then we get to him, like you know getting to meet his supposed bride and him. And even though, you know, and then he, she has that kind of the same conversation that, that turned up, you know, that uh, Prince Akeem had was like, Oh, what do you like to do? Whatever you like to do. What's your favorite movie? Whatever your favorite, just like it happened with his father when he's like, nah, I can't do this. I got to like, you know, marry yeah, someone you, who's got to have equal. a personality. Yeah. <laughs> and like he walks up to try to talk to the barber's like, Hey, Macumbo, can I, can I skip in here? And it stands up and it actually is Matumbo. <laughs> it's like, thank you, you gentle giant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, 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 it's your party, Prince. <laughs> it's like, shit, it really is Matumbo. It's not, he's just not making a joke. It's really Matumbo. And that dude really is big as shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy is freaking gigantic. <laughs> it's like when he stands up and he's like, oh, shit, that's big dude. Uh, so then he... Tries to run away with his uh, his hairdresser back to America and, and marry her. And yeah, the queen when she throws uh, <laughs> the king, she's like, 
Look at you. We're in a big ass mansion. Why don't you go find somewhere else to sleep? <laughs> but I am the king. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> uh, uh, twice in the doghouse. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes to the McDowell's and starts mopping. And we get that, yo. <laughs> mopping makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It has a purpose. Yeah, and like he has that, you know, conversation with uh with uh, his father in law and he gets that good, you know, dad advice. He's like he's like, Yeah, I'm the king of my castle. Yes, and I am the mother- MFing king. He's like, Yeah, all right, cool, yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do for your country. But what would your mom think? And he's like, Wait a minute He's like, Yeah, she was always to me like the wisest one of the bunch. Yeah, you know, and she had a little more progressive ideas and and he finally like, Oh yeah, I shouldn't try to be my father. I should be my own man and runs to America to to kind of reconcile with his son and and you know eventually he's like hey if you want to get married I support you I will even let you get married in this crack house of God is the- <laughs> is, is 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 this a house of God it's more of a crack house of God <laughs> ah yes by one of the most sexist uh, efficients ever <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, I like to have that in, um, <laughs> when they come back and they're talking to uh, the old dirty barbers, and he's like, he's like, man, you can't. He's like, things have changed. You can't even just grab a titty no more. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm sorry that you can't just grab a woman's boob whenever the feeling strikes you. Now he's like, that's all right. I got enough of that when I was young. <laughs> <laughs> and Harry Carson, he's nodding heads like, yeah. <laughs> oh, but I, I do like the fact where it's like, you know. Where they're like, you know what we need to do is bring queens back to Zamunda. <laughs> oh, and then have the uh, the, the epic uh, <laughs> wedding party with... <laughs> yeah, but first, dude, like, Eddie Murphy, like, really ruined it for our, all of us guys. Like, Rachel's like, you never sing karaoke in the living room for me. I'm like, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how he, he uh, makes up with his wife. He's got the full-on... Uh... Uh, orchestra downstairs. He's like, I've I've been stupid. Let me let me sing you a song. And I do like the little fat kid from the first movie that was the king's like announcer and stuff. It's still him. He's just an old little old man now, but it's still the same guy from the original. And he even like you know does that whole like uh that this is your yo know, your future queen song that you know, he did yeah. from the original. <laughs> I was like oh, that's like just I mean yeah the, the attention to detail in this movie to the original definitely gave it a uh, uh yeah a nostalgic kick. I mean they they definitely played to the nostalgia but they gave it enough originality for it to stand out without it being like it was just a straight reboot. Yeah. Oh, and then you have, uh, you know, when, when Eddie runs off to America to, uh, to reclaim his son, he leaves, you know, Arsenio and his daughters in, in charge. And of course, General Izzy tries to show up and, uh, he's like, well, just kidnap his daughter and, until he, he, uh, you know, surrenders to me. And then she's like, oh, you done fuck with the wrong people. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like, you know, freaking, uh, I mean, she's like a bad at beats the shit out of a couple guys where somebody finally takes her down. And then Arsenio and the, and the other daughters show up and he's like, he's like, 
Yeah. Prepare yourself, you sweat from a baboon's balls, which was like the insult he did to <laughs> Eddie in the first movie. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, and she like ends up kicking the shit out of uh, Wesley Snipes. She's like, all right, now, would you like to be uh, more diplomatic? Uh, I'm listening. <laughs> and, yeah, they find a, a, a peaceful thing. And I, and I like, too, like, when he's, like, yeah, you know, when he first shows up and is, like, threatening uh, Prince Akeem. He's like, do you remember what you did to my sister? And she's still hopping on one leg and barking like a dog. Like, she's been doing that for 30 years. Because <laughs> the prince ordered it. And at the end, when he's like, all right, yeah, we're... Trade relations are open. We're going to be peaceful and profitable. He's like, yeah, thanks for you know, releasing my sister from that uh, barking dog curse. <laughs> God, that'd be annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Have to get a muzzle or something. Have your pet spayed and neutered, kids. <laughs> oh. Oh, it's nice to see Wesley Snipes back in a movie, too. <laughs> I miss yeah, Wesley Snipes. Seeing, <laughs> seeing that, is he fit for Blade still? Oh, I mean, he, he doesn't do a whole lot of action. This he does he does kick one guy, but it's like, I mean, dude, I mean, hell, he was badass in that last uh, Expendables movie. Like, I want to, I want to see him uh, like a straight up. I mean, he's been in a few movies lately, but he hasn't done like a straight up action movie other than uh, the last Expendables. I want to see like a full on Wesley Snipes action movie again. As much as I wanted to see a full-on, like, adult Eddie Murphy comedy, like, a freaking Wesley Snipes action movie is another thing that, that needs to happen. Does it, though? It do. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I think it... I mean, overdue. he's not like Stallone and Schwarzenegger that, like, you see them in an action movie, you're like, man, guys, y'all are, y'all are starting to look your age. <laughs> Wesley Snipes still looks like he could beat a motherfucker's ass. <laughs> But apparently two girls and, uh, you know, it's enough to beat that ass for them. <laughs> I mean, but then again, like, they've, they've trained in their whole lives. They were badasses. Like, yeah. you know, some of the, you know, like, staff work and everything else, I was pretty fucking impressed. I was like, damn, this this looks legit. Yeah, they were doing some good uh, good moves. And, uh, yeah, and eventually, like, yeah, Prince of King Akeem like, realized, like, you know, I shouldn't have done this. You know, he's like, I've, and he tells his daughter like, Hey, I've, I've made a decree that like, when I die, you should be queen as we have promised. And she's like, well, what about, you know, my, my brother? He's like, well, he's going to be the ambassador to America. <laughs> and she's like, he's like, I should have done this long ago. I am an old fool that loves you very much. Like, you know, his father kind of <laughs> said to him back in the day when he realized Things needed to change. Yes. It was a good heartfelt moment. <laughs> and then you get uh, Uncle Remus, you know, it's like, hey, you know, we brought Queens to Zamunda and we've brought my favorite band of all time. And like and the uh, his you know, the new wife's like, what is it? Is it Kendrick Lamar? Is it uh... Mary J. Blige? <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs> Diana Ross? Who? Oh, no, better than that. <laughs> it's sexual chocolate. <laughs> the horrible band from the first movie. Who's like I said, and like the makeup of the the preacher man. It's like it's the same makeup, just older and fatter. <laughs> I was like, the, I was like, you know, the attention to that that detail. I mean, it looks like the like an aged version of the original makeup effects. It's it's pretty sweet. No, I was definitely impressed. 
Not with the performance, but you know. <laughs> no, you know when you got a movie with In Vogue and Salt and Pepper in it, that's <laughs> kind of the least, uh, <laughs> the the least of the uh, musical performances. They should have had like uh, Morgan Freeman back to officiate the <laughs> the wedding. Yeah, I, I don't know what that would have done to the movie's budget. I mean, I can only imagine, you know, just the 30 seconds he was on screen, like how many millions they offered him. Oh, uh, yeah, because this movie was like $60 million budget. So we can say $30 million. Well, okay. Probably, you know, $10 million. I'm sure we had to give, you know, Rick Ross several million to use his pad. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, that house is insane. <laughs> uh. Yeah, all in all, not a. Other than my complaints of it not being R rated, uh, not and, a bad film. And is it just the language, or were you expecting to see a titty? You know, you don't see enough titties in movies anymore. I'm just, you know, it's back in the day, you're kind of guaranteed. If this is a comedy, there's going to be a titty. <laughs> All right, that's it. We're going to start a uh, comedy tour, and it's going to be the comedic, t- com- uh, the comic titty. I mean, just like yeah, he should have been able to say, "I'm the motherfucking king," you know. <laughs> I mean, the first movie had Samuel Jackson in it. <laughs> that was the only thing for me that I, you know, could he use a little Samuel L. presence? Like that was the <laughs> only thing that I felt was was lacking in that regard. But then again, can you get Samuel L. without getting a motherfucker? That's what I'm saying. That's why he wasn't in this yeah, movie. They're yeah. like, oh, I can't say motherfucker? Fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> Fuck this job. I quit. <laughs> I like the outtakes at the, at the end of the movie, though, where Morgan Freeman is uh, giving his speech, like, when the king died, the vacations were canceled... People were people weren't even fucking anymore. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's where they used their one fuck. <laughs> yes, that was the one fuck. <laughs> That's why we didn't get any. Just to like, use that outtake at the end of him going, people didn't even fuck anymore. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, my bad. <laughs> I mean, procreate. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Uh. Man, I don't know what what is a bigger life goal to have Morgan Freeman narrate a portion of your life, or to be called a motherfucker by Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, that's kind of like I uh, said. So that's on my bucket list to be called a motherfucker by Samuel L. Jackson. It don't even have to be like I don't even have to have a role in a movie or something like that. I could be like you know working at Starbucks. So like, you fucked up my order, motherfucker. I'm like yes, <laughs> fuck this job. I quit. <laughs> life achieved. <laughs> Can now die a happy man. It's <laughs> freaking Morgan Freeman. <laughs> he was a stupid motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, we've all been guilty of things. <laughs> oh, oh well, I've, I've I've smoked down enough to get to my uh, my fortune now. And my fortune for this cigar is age is something that doesn't matter unless you are cheese. You don't want to be old cheese. <laughs> I feel like in the eyes of the law, age matters. 
<laughs> yes, that's <laughs> well. I'm I'm apparently going on a meth binge. <laughs> what does yours say? Life is short. Smile while you still have teeth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that or my girlfriend must be really really pissed. I'm not <laughs> sure which one. Speaking of which, I saw the gunstore in town selling tasers now, so watch out. <laughs> Tase you and knock your teeth out. So I had one of those uh, taser flashlight combo things. The taser portion apparently stopped working. I was sort of upset about it. <laughs> Tried to like decharge it and fully recharge, and it's like, I get no tase. But I, I wasn't ballsy enough to stick it to myself. <laughs> Come on, you gotta test that shit. <laughs> I'd be like, eh, dude, what are you doing in the hospital? I, I tased myself and my heart stopped. <laughs> Don't worry, I still have teeth. <laughs> uh, but my butt hurts for some reason. <laughs> oh, boy. That devolved very quickly. <laughs> uh, so as we're kind of wrapping things up, is there any more highlights that stand out to you is there anything from the original that we didn't get this time other than cussing <laughs> apparently titties yeah there were no titties um i guess i've seen it on tv too much because i totally forgot that the uh the bathing women were were butt naked in the first movie until i rewatched it i'm like oh shit yeah there are titties in this movie <laughs> i pretty much thought it was just a language thing being a pg-13 versus r until i Rewatch the original, I'm like, oh yeah, there's there's naked people in this one. I forgot all about that. Yeah. I mean, there were naked people in this one. Just, you know. Not that way. They were they were covered in, in bubbles and whatnot. <laughs> Got a joke for that, by the way. <laughs> okay. White horse fell in a mud hole. That's the dirty joke. I want to hear a clean joke. Sure. Took a bath with Bubbles. Ah. I want to hear a dirty joke. Bubbles the monkey. Bubbles was a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wasn't that Michael Jackson's monkey back in the day, Bubbles? I don't know. It might have been. <laughs> oh, it's like the one, like, yeah. Quit drinking, because every time I get drunk, I blow chunks. Like, puke is not that bad. No, you don't understand. Chunks is my dog. <laughs> Boy, we can't end on that note. <laughs> So what do you think here of the uh, Our Kung Pao cigar? <laughs> I, I'm not sure which ring's vibrating at this point. <laughs> that is a sweet reverb. <laughs> yeah, this Kung Pao cigar is like... It's Dude, I, I, I like it, man. It's, it's got a lot of flavor, a lot of, um, you know, a little, little earthy, a little leathery, uh, even a little bit of a spice on there. Um, yeah, it's that Habano binder yeah it's definitely got more strength than the the egg roll and it's also i guess what i consider a full-size cigar so it's like you actually get a full smoke out of it instead and of the little, i mean dude this is a you little know taste you get from the egg roll you know if and it's priced appropriately where if it's something maybe i want to venture into a stronger cigar dude for you know a little over six bucks ain't bad yeah that's the thing with these these punch egg rolls are a good like i mean i'm not getting no smoke. chinese takeout for six bucks that's for sure <laughs> yeah like the original like i said the original ones egg roll was like three four bucks i think when it first came out and this one's like 650 for a you know 
almost full size cigar. So it's, it's a good one. If you want to smoke something expensive and then you want a second cigar, but you don't want to spend another 10, 15 bucks, you can grab a little, little $6 smoke and be about your business with it being, and it's also strong enough and got enough kind of flavor to, to keep you entertained. You know, sometimes you buy a cheap cigar and it, you know, you bought a cheap cigar where, you know, like I said, this and like, what is it? The, uh, the knuckle dusters, you know, they're, are, you know, punch putting out some great budget cigars. If you don't want to, you know, go all the way up. Yeah, definitely. I, I you know, I don't know. It, it's kind of weird when I first started smoking what I would consider premium cigars, like, you know, I'd always think, I'd be like, oh, I, I remember seeing punch cigars at gas stations. Like, they can't be good. So I shied away from them. But then, you know, when they started releasing, like, the Signature Series and, and that type of stuff, it's like, this is a whole different cigar. Like, I'm not ashamed of this. And then they came out with the Diablo. And that's been my new favorite. Yeah, that's pretty much my, my go-to cigar uh, most days. Uh, you know, that and the uh, the, the CAO... Uh, bones those those kind of been my my regular that's just because you like playing with the dice (laughs) yahtzee (laughs) so uh i learned a new rule in uno what's that so you know somebody plays a you know draw four on your ass or something right as long as you're holding a reverse card guess what reverse that shit right back to them that's in the official rule book (laughs) something i have never read (laughs) Exactly. Like, there, there's a rule book for Uno. <laughs> I'll be damned. <laughs> Learn something every day. So, can we give this one a, a recommend? People should, uh, especially since it's free on Amazon. You don't. Have I, to you know, if you are a fan of the original, and you know what, if you know you've got young teenagers or whatever, um, you know this is you know there's nothing in this film that they're not already seeing on uh, TikTok and uh, other places that are far worse. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean you know, hell, I enjoyed it. Rachel enjoyed it. I'm not even sure she you know realized there was a first film. <laughs> she might have. I don't know. But yeah, it's it's got enough nostalgia for fans of the original, and it's a unique new story without. And also something that you, know, you said it's not, it's PG thirteen. So I mean, you can watch it with your family. Like it's, I want to see Eddie do like that hard R comedy. But this was not a bad. He's probably movie. saving it for a comedy tour. Yeah, definitely. I, I hear he's going back out there. He's supposed to be doing a Netflix special. At some I mean, point. I imagine like as you know, more vaccines were rolled out and things sort of resemble normal. I'm not sure if uh, that's even going to be a thing anymore, but. Uh, I mean, I I would say that a lot of these folks are really jonesing to, you know, get back in front of a packed audience again. Most definitely. And with that, we'll be right back. Dang, not the friend. 
Welcome back. It's time to learn some shit. What are we learning about? Science? Uh, We're going to learn about... Are you Joe Nye the science guy? (laughs) Yeah. We're going to learn about spaceships and AIs and taints. It's going to be a fun day. (laughs) All right. But first off, since we've been talking about uh, the nostalgia of coming to America, they finally built an artificial intelligence system that can master classic 80s video games. I mean, did we really need an AI for that? I feel like people have been doing this for years to the point to where the games just eventually run out of memory and can no longer render. <laughs> well, you know, apparently there's, a, I guess, a problem with what they call hard exploration games that uh, AIs have not been able to kind of succeed at. Uh, and the games they used in this test were classic Atari titles such as Montezuma's Revenge, Pitfall and Freeway. <laughs> and they're saying this AI can eventually be used to help robots navigate real-world environments such as disaster zones. I don't know what to do, sir. There's no hanging vines for me to cross this pothole. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, the problem with free exploration games is the AIs that we've been using previously use what they call reinforcement learning, which involves rewarding successful actions in order to complete a task. The problem with these types of games is the rewards are so sparse that makes it difficult for the system to learn. So, you know, basically like the the robot doesn't get success until kind of the end, so it doesn't uh, get the feedback along the way. Or, you know, if they tried to give it rewards at every step, it may just shoot straight to its destination and not avoid any hazards along the way. So this new AI... Wait, uh, isn't that how everybody plays an action game? <laughs> like, Just run straight I, to your If goal. I go really fast, I'll just float over the gaps. <laughs> so a paper published in the journal Nature uh, says basically there's been two major issues hindering these algorithms. One is detachment, where basically once it's given a choice, it makes a choice and forgets about the choice it, it did not go. So it, it doesn't keep track of the areas it hasn't explored. And the other one is uh, called derailment, where if it you know, will, would continually get sidetracked by side quests, uh, exploring and never go back to the part that he... Or it, you know, failed to explore the first How time How is that any different than an actual gamer? <laughs> yeah. Elder Scrolls Online comes to mind. <laughs> like, that is a game where it's like, I've spent eight months doing stuff that I still have no clue what I'm doing or where the main story <laughs> actually is. Uh, I've got to do all the side quests. Oh, I'm only, like, level two in the main quest, but I've <laughs> I've played all these. But I've got all of this sweet gear. <laughs> I've got a thousand rolls of cheeses. <laughs> Don't know what I'm going to do with them. Uh, so this new algorithm called uh, Go Explore, uh, basically, once it encounters, like, a branching path, 
it uh, will remember that there is a previous path path and can automatically return to that uh, saved point and then you know, check things that's been unexplored, o- overcoming both detachment and derailment. The new algorithm, basically, it, it's a, has been able to surpass the average human score on Pitfall, which all previous AIs have failed to even score, and has, has wrecked up a high score of 1.7 million on Montezuma's Revenge, uh, smashing the human record of 1.2 million. So now they've, they've, you know, taught them to explore and hunt us down and will eventually kill us all. <laughs> and in other creepy AI news, uh, a new AI uh, basically brings historical pictures to life and makes them move. You've heard of, like, the deep fake uh, type stuff? Yes. This one is called Deep Nostalgia, uh, which basically turns photos into, like, living Harry Potter type uh, moving <laughs> paintings. It's a uh, made by a online genealogy site called My Heritage, and it's designed for people that say like you know you got a picture of your great grandfather that uh, you've never met. It actually animates old photographs and gives them facial expressions and makes them more alive than just a, a static image. Great, it's like he was always smiling in this picture. Now he's always frowning in animation. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, it even works for people who have been, like, using this with pictures of, like, statues and, and f- famous paintings uh, and, and bringing them alive. And basically, it the program has, like, a uh, it's um, has like a huge library of pre-recorded facial movements, and it digitally basically decides what facial movements fit best with the facial structure of the photo uploaded to make it look, you know more realistic and, you know, eyes, narrow head, turn smiles, whatever. And just kind of, you know, brings old photos to life, you know, literally. So if you kind of, you know, wanted to know what your, your great, great granddaddy looked like smiling. <laughs> now you can upload a photo and, and animate this stuff to, you know, and kind of approximate some kind of, you know, realistic movement. Yeah, that is, uh, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, or, or if you really want to fuck with somebody, you do that, you upload it to one of those, like, digital uh, photo frames, and then somebody walks by, and all of a sudden the face starts moving and freak people out. <laughs> I'm kind of sure we got a couple of those in another world like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, oh, that looks cool. Oh, now that's completely different. Switch out Grandpa's photo for your video, and then, like, p- people think the <laughs> Wait, think they're going crazy. Wait, are Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Grandpa? Sure, let's upload <laughs> upload that picture and see if it, <laughs> we can make that grandpa uh, <laughs> alive. Uh, and also in space news, uh, SpaceX is having some successes and also some failures. <laughs> Which, you know, we've talked about their Falcon 9 rockets and whatnot. Well, SpaceX's Starship, which is kind of going to be the 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 thing for it's supposed to be taking the first passengers to the moon and Mars. It's gonna be the you know it's like a bigger than the regular rocket system, and it's supposed to be able to fly and land, uh, hopefully safely. And unfortunately, uh, all the previous uh, models have kind of exploded upon landing. Well, they've had the first ex- successful landing of a uh, one of their starships, but then it exploded. 
so they they they've they've passed the test of getting the starship to land, but then moments later after it landed, it also exploded like the previous previous models. That's no bueno. Yeah, so you know that's something they're gonna have to <laughs> have to work out. Yeah, the uh, yeah they they're saying that uh, yeah they consider it ultimately excess because this is the first time they've been able to successfully use the the landing maneuvers and land. But unfortunately, like I said it you know something happened. It you know it passed successful in flight maneuvers and and passed the high altitude flying version of the test, but it did not uh, survive after after landing successfully. Something went wrong and it went boom. So. Probably don't want to be the first passengers on this ship until they work out the whole exploding thing. But, you know, they're confident that this is going to be working. They said it's, uh, they plan to be able to send, uh, I think eight people to the moon in 2023 and thinks they'll be ready to go to Mars by 2026. That's crazy. So, yeah, you got three years to hopefully work out this whole exploding thing and <laughs> Pop. not go boom. Yeah. Yeah, you, you definitely don't want to go boom. We've seen too many booms. So also, uh, speaking of things going boom, uh, yeah, you see these people riding the scooters and stuff around town. Well, yeah, you need to, I guess, be careful because a man in the UK hit his taint and winded up in the hospital for nine days of an erection. Which learned two things in this article. Uh, medically described, he was suffering from a grade four erection. Apparently, there is an erection hardness scale. <laughs> four being the the most erect you can get. <laughs> is that like you know, potentially like blood vessels rupturing and stuff? Like, uh, basically, like I said, the guy had a minor accident uh, where, like I said, he he uh, bumped his taint pretty hard, and in a study published in the journal case reports on urology uh this 35 year old man fall fell off his moped and hit his taint which only had minor bruising and no significant issues but with you know within the next day he wound up with this super hard erection that would not go down and they basically found out that basically it was like i guess a blood vessel or something at burst so there was continuous blood flow to that region <laughs> where there's not usually continuous blood flow it's only when you need it so yeah he spent nine days in the hospital and they basically i guess tourniqueted his uh <laughs> that's crazy so there was no pain just mild discomfort while walking <laughs> yeah and they said he had what they call an unregulated cavernous arterial inflow uh which you know not the least dangerous type of uh of inflow but you know they they did have to go in and kind of stop the flow and and re, you know release the the pressure I guess but they're saying you know he did have some erectile dysfunction afterward but a year after recovery everything seems to be back to normal so if you fall well, off your good moped for a uh, happy ending yeah so if you fall off your moped and get wood yeah take advantage of it while you can then go see a doctor so before you lose it Use it before you lose it. <laughs> now, if that's not a uh, you know tagline to seek medical uh, attention, I don't know what is. <laughs> and also look up erection hardness score because that's apparently a, a thing. 
did not know someone near who's the doctor's like we need to make a scale for how hard is hard <laughs> i mean dude that's all life is to most people is a penis showing competition so i mean it doesn't surprise me that there's a scorecard <laughs> although i do kind of wonder what you know each scale like how do you well in this article it does not uh say what the other uh the uh other versions of it, but it's a, a, a stage four is when the penis is completely hard and fully rigid, <laughs> even at its base. So yeah, it's like, uh, so I don't know, judging on that scale, what the, what the other two, <laughs> other two are, <laughs> but baby, I'm suffering from a stage four. <laughs> I, got, I got stage four. Uh, erection with a with a stage two and a half blue ball. <laughs> At a stage two, you're hard, but you can still whip it around and do the helicopter. <laughs> oh, helicopter, helicopter, helicopter. And with that, that's all I got for you this week. <laughs> uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> DragonCon 2021 is scheduled for Labor Day weekend, and whether it's an in-person event or once again goes virtual, the DragonCon Report podcast crew will cover the con right up to the big event. So sit back with your bucket of brown, dragon's mead, apple pie, or whatever your beverage of choice, and tune in to the latest news, notes, interviews, discussions, and even a dragon tale or two on the DragonCon Report, a proud member of the ESO Network. Check us out at dragonconreport.com. And now it's time for all things nerdy in Nerd News. And welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news. And in this rendition of news, we're going to talk about movies. New movies. Returning movies. There's actually things happening. (laughs) Yeah, and you don't have to have HBO Max. Like, AMC has actually reopened. Shit's coming to theaters again. Now... Most of these are going to require HBO Max as an option if you don't have a theater that you're comfortable attending. I'm, I'm, I've put off joining that because I'm like, I don't want another streaming service, as we've said. But then I'm like, Godzilla comes out at the end of the month and Mortal Kombat comes out in April. I'm like, fuck, I'm, I'm going to have to give them my $15 a month or whatever it is. Because there's some movies I Not have to see. Not filling Justice League? Nah, I don't care about Justice League. Or... Wonder Woman 1984. I watched a little bit of that at the cigar shop, and I was like, eh, I'll wait till it's like in the dollar freaking red box. <laughs> wait, you were watching it at the cigar shop? Yeah. So, why did you have to wait? Well, I finished my cigar and left, because it wasn't worth sitting to watch the whole thing. <laughs> Ouch. That well, bad, huh? Uh, yeah, it was... Or were you just afraid to admit that you were enjoying the superhero film amongst all the, you know, macho, you know... I gotta say, I left before any fight scenes happened, so I probably watched, like, half of the movie, and I was like, there's not enough action in this. <laughs> I'm gonna go uh, go home now. <laughs> well, was there action at home? The world must know. There might have been. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and now... Back to nerd news. <laughs> um, yeah, so, well, you're not that excited about it. Eh, I, I could go either way on it, but, uh, you know, March 18th, um, Zack Snyder's Justice League will debut on HBO Max. 
And I guess in preparation for the great debut is, uh, instead of just, hey, here's a Justice League trailer, it's like, here's a trailer for each of your favorite, you know, characters comprising said Justice League. Um, recently he took to Twitter, we got to see, uh, both Flash and Aquaman. Um, I mean, you know, looking at the short snippets, it, it didn't look terrible. No, I mean, it's, here's the deal. If you're already subscribed to something and just like, man, there's just nothing new, I would probably give it a chance. I'm probably not going to go out and pay full retail at a, you know, theater outing to see it. Now, once I sign up to watch Kong vs. Godzilla, then I may watch it when I actually have it, but it's not something that's going to make me buy HBO Max right now. I mean, the first Justice League movie was okay, but it wasn't great, so... Hopefully this one's better. (laughs) Like I said, I I don't know enough about the differences in in said movies to to be super excited about it. Well, that's just terrible. All right, well, moving right along. (laughs) Something we both know a lot about. But yeah, I'll probably watch it eventually once I have... Yeah, nobody cares Something else forces me to watch (laughs) HBO Max. We've moved on. We've moved on to something bigger, grander. Something that I don't think can ever die. The Simpsons has been renewed for season 33 and 34. Holy shit. <laughs> like, oh, like, yeah, I was like, I remember watching Simpsons in elementary school. <laughs> Do you remember the musical album they did? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do the Bartman. <laughs> I mean, is this officially the longest running television series? If not this, then, well... Yeah, probably because Doctor Who's been on forever, but they I mean, took they took a decade off. Yeah, so I mean, this is the probably the longest continual series. I guess if I would have read the article, the longest primetime scripted series in TV history. Well, then there you go. Holy <laughs> Someone crap! Someone did their research. <laughs> so this will take the series into twenty twenty three for a total of seven hundred and fifty seven episodes. Holy shit! Yeah, if you sit there and watch like. Every single episode is like you're you've got at least a week on your hands. I don't think you could finish in a week. I mean, because they're they're half hour episodes. How many did you say it was? Seven. It, it will be seven hundred and fifty seven. Yeah, so that's uh three hundred and seventy eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot of TV. Dude, it would take nine weeks. <laughs> if you watched, you know, episodes for 40 hours a week. I feel like it's going to be like a new reality show where it's like, they have a bunch of people, they have to stay up and watch every single episode and see who, like, crashes. Yeah, I mean, people struggle with Lord of the Rings. Those are rookie numbers. Fucking binge The Simpsons, goddammit. Like, <laughs> I need to find that dude. <laughs> He's like, I've not left my house in a week. I've done nothing but watch Simpsons. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have to uh, have flashbacks to uh, when Cartman discovered World of Warcraft um, in South Park. And it's like, I need a bucket. My bucket. Like, I got poop. Just put a, yeah, you watch it on a tablet. You can poop while you're watching. You can take it with you. Get your royal wiper. <laughs> <laughs> the royal hiney is clean. Where is that in the pandemic? 
So anyway, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, so the year 2020 was pretty crazy. 2021 is um, not really any less crazy. So Jumanji confirms there will be a Jumanji sequel in the works. So all of you people that yelled Jumanji at the end of 2020, well, you fucked up because uh, now there's We're a new still one. still Jumanji. Yeah. <laughs> Which I still have not seen that new... That's i got to see if that's on any streaming service. Cause I, I, I feel just, like I watched it, but... Yeah, it's like I the, I love that that uh, the original rock version, but yeah, I I I think I've hit. Well, I think it's been on TV at the shop, and I've caught like bits and pieces of it, but I've I've yet to sit down and watch the Jumanji. That sequel. may have been what happened. I, I missed it when it was in in theaters. I need to need to find that because yeah, the first movie was great. So yeah, well, you'll be excited to know that Dwayne Johnson is returning. <laughs> so there's that. Speaking of which, Kevin Hart's like last comedy special was pretty damn funny if you haven't seen that yet um i have not yet so he i just did it from his living room to, uh, check it out <laughs> since it was during the pandemic he just did it in his living room but it's it's pretty fucking funny it's up on netflix maybe i did watch that i don't know is that the one where he ordered pizza for everybody at the end of it or something yeah that's it <laughs> okay yeah i did watch that you should have said pizza then i would have known <laughs> flat brick pizza dude i haven't ate in like 24 hours i'm fucking starving this <laughs> fasting i'm doing like um Moving right along to something that I know a little bit about, Hollywood, yeah, they, they make things made for TV. But, uh, you know, remember a little film from the 90s called Twister? Yeah. Chor- Storm Chasing Hey, there's a cow. Yeah. There's another cow. Nope, actually, I think that's the same one. You know, you had some sweet Van Halen, you know, you had Dusty and the, you know, Hippie Mobile, like... And then we had Hurricane Heist. Do you ever watch that? (laughs) I don't think so. Dude, that's on Netflix. I haven't watched it yet. The trailer looks insane. So, well, Alec Baldwin is uh, set to star in a new storm chasing action film called Supercell. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Um, So, um, basically a teenager who always, you know, had the hopes following in his father's footsteps as a legendary storm chaser bill brody well bill we got you returning buddy this time it's not bill paxton but uh we, we got bill bill guys we got a bill yeah uh who happened to have been killed by a massive tornado um opening credits of twister right yeah pretty much <laughs> okay his father's legacy has now been turned into a storm chasing tourist business Hmm. You're in it for the money, not the science, guys. Well, it takes money to fund said science, you know. <laughs> Thanks, Hollywood. Uh, managed by greedy, reckless Zane Rogers. Um, sounds like uh, the guys that drive them black vehicles, huh? Um, yeah. Who's now using William as the main attraction to lead a group of unsuspecting adventurers deep into the eye of the most dangerous supercell you've ever seen. Ooh. Sharknado. <laughs> Whoa, that was almost appropriate. <laughs> Sounds like something we might have seen to a sequel to Twister, but um, yeah, I need a trailer. I need I need something more to go on because description sounds like <laughs> Twister. Well, sequel. I mean, like here here's the deal. Like I've always loved convective storms so much so that I was like, hmm, I'm gonna go get a certification to be a storm chaser. Funny thing about Georgia, there's lots of hills and trees. You can't see fucking storms. <laughs> and our storms love to roll in in the middle of the morning, so it'd be like, 
Well, I hear a freight train, and I'm not near railroad tracks, and shit's crashing all around me. I, I yeah, well, fuck, I missed my opportunity to retreat. Now there's a tree on me. That's what you're going to do for vacation instead of going to the Bahamas or something like that. Let's go to Kansas. Well, I, <laughs> you know, so recently I learned that uh, my current job is moving to Texas. And my pitch was, if I'm in Texas, I'm really close I mean, fuck, I'm in the heart of Tornado Alley. I could hit Oklahoma, Nebraska, Kansas, like... But then again, I'm in fucking Texas. I got no friends, no family. Like, mm, that's probably not going to be much of a uh, a life. But then again, as a storm chaser, I got to do is mount up a GoPro and, uh, you know, turn on my weather app and... I'm good to go. Maybe I can meet up with that team of scientists. And you can wear cowboy hats unironically. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, uh, anyway, like, this is one of those things that's just kind of up my alley. I'm curious to see what Hollywood does with it. I'm sure, you know, into the eye of the most supermassive, uh, you know, supercell, it's like, hey, you said into the eye. That reminds me of a hurricane. <laughs> it's like, we're going directly into the bear cage of the largest supercell. That I would have been like, oh shit, we're talking convection now. But, <laughs> you know, fuck, I'm surprised they didn't use the word typhoon in here somewhere. Freaking, uh, uh, shit, I was gonna, uh, not tidal wave, uh, tsunami! <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work either. We're in Kansas. There's no tsunamis. <laughs> I mean, you get enough water and debris. Uh, it's Lake. a tsunami of debris. Are <laughs> there such thing as lake tsunamis? <laughs> I don't know. Tornadoes can absolutely go across lakes, so if you're on the other side of the lake and uh, the tornado's not moving left or right, mm, let's probably get the fuck out of Dodge. <laughs> it's going to rain track. That's a reference to Dodge City, City Kansas. <laughs> Boom. Storm chasing knowledge. Nice. Take that, Hollywood. <laughs> uh, any other tidbits, news you would like to share with the listeners at home? Well, we've... They've just announced uh, San Diego Comic-Con has been canceled for this year, so do you think we're going to get a uh, Dragon Con this year? I think at this point it is too early to speculate. You know, I keep seeing, oh, this new person's vaccine just got approved. You know what? Hasn't, you know? It's like we still can't fucking meet the demand. We, You know, we can't even get the people most susceptible to the virus vaccinated right now because there's, you know, distribution issues. Eh, government typically has those problems i'm not so sure that uh you know come september i mean it, it it's a long way away um yeah san diego's a little earlier so and also california has been a little bit more uh locked down happy uh than some of the other states so. yeah but i mean then again you got to think about the you know uh atlanta politics uh, Going into the city, the pandemic is treated much differently than on the outskirts and yeah, OTP. Things inside the perimeter are definitely a lot different than up here in North Georgia. So, and we'll I'm not see. sure did they ever get all their police force and you know security shit because the last I keep seeing is they can't get the fucking shootings on the interstate under control. <laughs> so you know, I mean, yeah, we will see, and yeah, hell, probably it's probably about that time to submit uh, uh, for media passes if they do have a trend guy. I need to look that up. I haven't. I haven't looked at it because I haven't seen whether or not we're having one yet. Great. But... Now we've already missed the deadline. <laughs> nah, it's usually in sometime in March. I need to, yeah, I need to sit down and Google that here soon and see if, uh, see if they're opening up if for that or not. If you do want to keep up to date, uh, we'll, let's do a, uh, ESO, um, Dragon Con, uh, shout out. Yeah, check out the Dragon Con report on the ESO network. 
That's right here where you can find the Cigar Nerds. You know that because you're fucking listening to us right now. (laughs) We're available on CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're also on the SODnetwork.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at CigarNerdPod. Get some shirts at Real Men Smoke Cigars. Get some energy drinks at StrikeForceEnergy.com. Promo code CigarNerds. And with that, the royal genitals are clean. PG version. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We're your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.